You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow your profits. Well, hello there. If you're looking to improve the performance and return on investment of your marketing, then you are in the right place. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this marketing-focused podcast, and it's very, very cool to have you tuning into our third episode. If you have listened to all three of them, thank you. Nice to have you tuning in again, and uh, I'm glad to know that we're hitting the spot for the things you want to improve with your email marketing. And if this is the first one you've tuned in for, man, you are in for a treat. Now, because this show is brand new, I'm currently running a competition where you could win a Keep Optimizing podcast t-shirt. Oh yes, t-shirts are up for grabs. If you want to be in with a chance of winning, then stay tuned to the end of the episode to find out how to enter. And it's well worth listening right through to the end. One, because this episode is awesome, but also because we're giving away a t-shirt every single week from now till the end of August. There's a lot of opportunities to win. So stay tuned to the end of the episode to find out all about that. Now, in today's episode, I am talking to Louise Reed from Clavio about how D2C brands, that's DTC, which is direct to consumer brands, are getting great returns from email marketing because this month we are all about email marketing. In today's episode, we start by explaining just what D2C is. Um, then we chat through some of the ways Louise has seen D2C brands benefit from email marketing and why it's such an awesome channel for those brands. Now, whether you're D2C yourself or just interested in finding out what's working for other people, you're going to get a lot out of this episode. We're just about to meet today's guest, but before we do, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Clavio gives you the tools to get growing faster. That's why it's trusted by over 38,000 e-commerce brands. Build your contact lists and emails that pop and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit clavio.com slash masterplan to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Today, I'm chatting with email marketing expert Louise Reed. Louise has been working in marketing for nine years, creating and delivering marketing strategies that drive both growth and customer retention. Right now, she's putting those skills to use at Clavio. Hello, Louise. Hello, and thank you for having me. It's great to have you on. And what I'd, I'd like to first get into is how you got involved in email marketing. Yeah, sure. So um, I've worked in marketing for nearly a decade now, and email has always been such an important marketing channel for me. Um, to be honest, when I started marketing back in 2011, social media was actually still relatively new. Um, I had a Facebook account, um, but I just moved off Bebo, um, if you remember that platform. So we used to use Facebook in my first company to build communities and groups for that company, but it was pretty rudimentary stuff. Um, the business manager tool that we have today didn't launch until sort of three years after that. And I could advertise on Facebook, but really, to be honest, it was kind of reserved for the big guys in the industry. Um, Instagram... I kind of only just launched. Twitter was kind of ramping up. Google was such a complex beast. Um, and so, yeah, email, it was my trusty steed. It always has been throughout my entire career. And, um, you know, I'll, shortly I'll get into it. But I think as marketers, we don't really pay it enough attention. 
Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's been around for so long, but yet I still come across businesses. You know, I'll say when I first, you know, had my marketing agency, we used to get into mail order businesses, you know, who used to data and used to sending things out to people. And then you say to them, can we email your list? And, you know, they'd have a list of like 60,000 and they go, no, no, and I'm not comfortable doing that. And you're like, really? Why? It is just, just confounding. But the weird thing is 15 years on, it's still as mental that people refuse to, uh, or, or or ignore, I don't know it's, whether it's outright refusal or whether it's just ignoring it or being scared of it. But, but look, we're here to talk about D2C e-commerce businesses and how they can leverage email marketing because they are one of the worst for ignoring it. And we'll come on to that in a minute. But before we get into that, I know some of those listening, the phrase D2C will still be quite new to them. So um, Louise, could you just explain quickly what or define what D2C actually is? So DC, direct consumer, it's just sort of independent brands um, managing the entire um, end-to-end customer experience. So they will be in control of everything from their marketing um, to the conversion of that uh, right through to the fil- fulfillment and delivery. Um, so partnering with lots of different brands to help that make, make that a reality. And they usually have an exclusive product, don't they, as well? I always think Gymshark when someone says D2C because they've got that full the only place you can get it is from them. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. So like I said, a lot of these D2C brands are ignoring email marketing, which we both agree is crazy. So, you know, as you're, you're at Clavio, which seems to have a lot of D2C brands loving your platform. So you must get to grips with quite a lot of why D2C brands are failing to use email marketing. So why, why do you think they're not getting into it? I think it's a massively missed opportunity um, and I'll explain why I think it's a missed opportunity. Um, but I want to explore more so what uh, makes a D2C brand different um, and then we can sort of talk about why they should invest in email marketing. So we've seen amazing D2C brands spring up. You mentioned Gymshark, but there are other ones sort of Away, which is Travel Company, Tails, Dog Food. And then more so like you've got um, new female vegan shaving companies popping up. And they've carved out this space and they sell a product and service, as you said. Um, But what really differentiates them um, is that they're able to build trust and personal relationships, whereas larger brands haven't really been able to do this. Um, Increasingly, we see a major shift in consumers really favoring brands that connect with them on a personal level um, that provide an authentic experience um, that share similar values that we relate to, whether that's ethical or, or otherwise. And in fact, actually, I read an article yesterday in Women's Health magazine on my lunch break that said ethical standards will be the biggest driver for purchasing from a brand next year, um, which I think is fascinating. You know, this is really starting to push uh, forward. And so it's really important that brands are able to communicate their values. And that's what consumers are really looking for. Um, And traditional brands haven't been able to do, do this. They're sort of tangled up in really complex supply chains. They've had to rely on mass marketing methods to do this. Um, and they're not as agile to provide this one-to-one relationship that we're craving. Um, and, you know, we've seen lots of sort of news about big brands, whether it's pension or data scandals. Um, and in fact, lots of consumers, that are increasingly distrusting these large businesses. And uh, as I said, we're craving uh, that relationship. And I think more so in recent times, you know, with um, COVID, there's a lot more around us wanting to support our communities and smaller independent brands around that. Um, 
And, you know, what the D2C brands that have been successful have been able to do is latch onto human nature, um, create trust uh, and provide a meaningful and personal relationship with individuals. Um, and that ultimately comes down to understanding who they are, uh, what they like, what they dislike, their preferences, demographics, behavior information, you name it, sort of basically data, right? And, um, you know, the question that's interesting to me is that if information um, is the pillar stone that empowers a D2C brand, why are we spending so much of our marketing budgets on um, campaigns that essentially ring fence information? And what I mean by that is I'm talking about sort of the paid channels like social or search engines. You know, this year we're expected in the to spend, you know, more than 70 billion pounds on those channels. And that's a huge amount of money. Um, and should we be thinking about channels where you can build uh, data profiles and an understanding and really create and nurture relationships with these individuals that they want? Um, I think, Louise, you've just outlined exactly why I think it's so mental that D2C brands don't have email at the top of their list. Because it's like, if you've got something you want to tell the customer about you, the ethics, the responsibility, the story of the business and the story of the brand to create that connection. Email is just the most obvious route to do it, to my mind, still. Maybe I'm maybe I'm maybe I'm beyond old these days. I don't know when it comes to e-commerce, but that just seems seems the most obvious. You know, to build a one-to-one relationship with people, that's email's just obvious. And you know, like you said, the data to really get to grips with people—it's a great channel for understanding, and it's considerably less expensive than Facebook ads. It blows my mind that they're not going. Well, I know many of them are, but when I come across people when I'm doing the podcast and I'm at events and things, and and they say no, we don't do email, they are almost always a D 2 C brand, and it—I find it mental. I really do. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's a massively missed opportunity. And, you know, getting on to sort of the the large part of your question, which is why should marketers invest in this channel? And why are those people who aren't doing it? What are they missing? You know, I think about myself this morning, the first thing I did before I got out of bed was check my email. Um, and, you know, that's the majority of what people do They're you know, they're checking their email before they've checked other social media channels. They're checking it before they get out of bed. And so I'd argue with those people or maybe not argue, but in a pleasant way, ask them, like, how many times have you read or checked your emails this week? Is it really a channel that you can ignore? Um, And I think you also touched on it, aside from the fact that, you know, people are checking their emails regularly, um, comparatively to social media, it's a much quieter channel. Um, On average, we get 21 emails a day, um, which actually sounds quite small, (laughs) but uh, that is an average. Um, so whereas, you know, on social media, we're seeing hundreds, if not thousands of posts a day, um, it's incredibly noisy and, you know, we'll see an ad or a sponsored post right bang in between your, your nephew eating ice cream and I don't know, your ex-boyfriend. Um, it's, it's noisy, it's challenging for these brands and everyone's fighting essentially to be heard and seen. Whereas email is, you know, there's very few distractions and when you do send a, a message, you're more likely to get it to the recipient. So um, email will get to the right person at the right time. It's the right, you know, the message that you want that individual to hear. Um, according to Forrester, 90% of emails will get to the right person and at that intended inbox. Um, whereas, you know, only 2% of a company's followers will see a company's post um, on social. And you can expect much higher engagement off the back of an email. You know, you're looking at average open rates, 
15 to 30% click through 2 to 5% um whereas on social it's sort of 1%. So it's comparatively um it's a lot cheaper and you know this revenue side of things that you you mentioned I think so few marketers and, and I guess myself included in my earlier days would look at email I wouldn't look at emails necessarily a stream or a driver. Um, we look at engagement rates or open rates, but are we really looking at the ROI of email? Um, we really hold social media and search accountable for return on investment or return on ad spend. Um, and apologies if you're already doing this, but I think that we really need to look at the return on investment of email. And there are, you know, there are multiple ESP providers out there, but make sure that you ask, are they returning you know, money for the money that you're putting in and how can they be held accountable? You know, as marketers, we're held accountable for the money we spend. So make sure that, you know, you're getting that within your email channel too. I'm sure many of our listeners are doing this and are great at it, but I still come across e-commerce companies who have, haven't have got conversion tracking. So the value of the sales going back into their email marketing system, and nor do they have the tracking in place to enable them to follow the email activity when it hits their website via Google Analytics. And it's like, you know, what are you, what are you doing? You're sending out hundreds of thousands of messages a month and you have no way of knowing the impact those are having on your business. You can go, oh, look, we've got a great open rate this week. Who cares? Quite frankly, if you don't know what the money it's making, what the impact it's making on long-term customer relationship, why are you doing it? You know, it, it, it befuddles me. And these are the same, often the same people who will tell you that they're not happy with their cost per acquisition on Google ads. It's like, but what about your cost per retention on email? It's, um, it's kind of crazy. So let's, let's flip it and we'll try and stop because I, I keep doing it, lambasting the audience for not doing email. <laughs> but let, let's think about what what do you see D2C brands, those that are embracing email, let's try and convince with the power of the channel now. Um, those who are those D2C brands who are doing email really well, what are the key things they're doing that are making it, it stand out and making it be a really powerful channel for them? I think segmentation is really key. And that's where we're seeing the more advanced businesses um, doing email well and seeing the return on investment. Um, there's a really thin um, thin and fine line between engagement and spamming, particularly with email. So, you know, if brands are sending out one, two, three emails a week and they're going to people who aren't engaged or haven't interacted with your brand, um, you're really at risk of spamming essentially and wrecking havoc on your, your brand. So, so in that segmentation piece, would you say the key things to be segmenting on are the behavior of the customer or is it what they've looked at on the website or is it a level of interaction or is it sales data? You know, because I think, I think people think, okay, great. I want to segment. And then they just pick something to segment by without really knowing whether it's the right thing to segment by or not. So have you got a steer for us on the best way to segment? Yeah, for sure. So basically, definitely on engagement and interaction with your brand. So understanding who has opened or clicked through an email recently or who has come in um, and signed up and actively given you your email address to engage with. I think that's, you know, the basic sort of foundational stuff that you should be thinking about. Um, but also, you know, then... Um, segmenting based on preferences and data profiles. So building up a cohort of similar um, customers or similar groups within your database um, that you can essentially, you're providing personalization, you're considering their unique interests and behavior, but you're also putting them into a cohort that might be similar to um, other, pro, you know, other personas within um, your customer group. 
Um, I think that's pretty rudimentary stuff. So the, the simplest level, that persona piece, those cohorts would be people who buy women's gym wear and people who buy men's gym wear. It's those kind of big groups at the simplest level. Yeah, I think those big groups are super important. The other thing to just bear in mind is, um, and particularly as we get up to Black Friday, Cyber Monday, which seems crazy to be thinking about at this time of year, but understanding uh, as well, like if it's a gift purchase or not. So understanding the segmentation there, because, you know, you could have someone purchasing some women's whatever um when it's a bloke who's purchasing it and so make sure you understand the intent of that purchaser as well and help um, support the segmentation there and that could just be a simple question and building uh, information around that individual well yeah because what you don't want is to annoy the gift buyer by by treating them as someone who's going to buy every month and lose them because they may not want to buy from you for another 12 months but you want to make sure you're getting the right message in front of them in 12 months time when they want to buy again Exactly. Okay, cool. I, th- I think I've asked you enough questions on segmentation. So segmentation is, is key for the D2C brand to to succeed with email. So what, what else could they really focus on to make sure they're doing it well? I think storytelling um, is a very important part of marketing. Um, this goes back to building those personal relationships and building trust. So creating authentic content that, you know, gets the consumer to go, yeah, sure, I'll sign up and uh, I want to get emails from you guys. Um And actually, really nice quote from the founder of Away, which is a travel D2C brand. Um, They describe it very nicely and they say, storytelling is a central part of our marketing. We think about what stories we can feed to the press and to social and across communication channels. You don't push your product. You create things that are fun to talk about, to write about and to share. And I like that because that is the the essence of what we need to do. We want to create things that are fun um, to write about and people want to share or want to um, you know, follow that brand um, on email. And that goes for whether you're a D2C business or any other business, quite frankly, my business, your business, everyone listening's business. If you can't tell stories and create that, that emotional engagement, then, you know, people will unsubscribe because they'll be bored of being pushed product every single five minutes. Yeah, absolutely. And then I guess in terms of um, email tactics, I would sort of suggest thinking about things like your welcome series. So with, you know, in the offline experience in a store, we'd have a sales manager or the head of the store coming up to an individual and sort of asking them, um, how can I help you today? Or is there anything I can do for you today? And we, we really need to do that online too. We need to greet these new customers and, and prospects and sort of, um, yeah, open them up to your brand. And, and that's part of the storytelling piece too. So sharing your brand values and helping them to feel uh, welcomed and know more about you. And when you, just because I know some people out there are going, going out there wondering this, when you say welcome sequence, do you mean post email sign up pre-purchase or post-purchased welcome sequence or both? I think both. I think a pre-one pre is probably the most important one to warm them up and understand um the value that you offer and your, you know, your, your story, because obviously that's going to help them convert to a buyer by, you know, it's very important still to post-purchase to um, continue to communicate. People want that transparent, open relationship. Um, I had a really uh, great example of a, a makeup brand that I purchased from recently that had a really nice um, post-purchase experience. Um, 
I had to do a quiz on um, online to find the perfect concealer. Um, and for my skin tone, which is quite pale um, and also quite dry, it was really interesting because, you know, you took this quiz and actually fairly long delivery. So seven to 14 days in comparison to what we might be used to. But they were super upfront about that in the communication and on the website. So I was, you know, interested in continuing to purchase it. But they sent me, as soon as I'd um, purchased, a sort of warm-up series, which was how to best apply that specific makeup for my skin. So they'd use the information that they gathered throughout the quiz um, to share me practical, personalized information that helped me apply this uh, foundation and you know it said I could mix it with my moisturizer etc cetera, etc cetera. but it was a really nice added bonus it gave me a really warm feeling um, and then actually subsequently today I've received an email for them asking them for a review and then they've offered me um, a $15 discount off my next purchase so you can also use these to help drive your acquisition strategy so if you're collecting reviews from customers who've had a nice experience then you can push that back into the funnel and su- support um, on the acquisition side too so I think these these are really important. Personally, I think post-purchase sequence is when I come across a good one, which only happens about every six months, I, it really sticks in my mind because I think it's somewhere where a lot of a lot of businesses are really lax. You know, they let the the in-flight updates on delivery go out and they let the review update go out, but they don't do anything else. And it's the the best ones are the ones which from the moment when it's when you order through to it arriving, they're holding your hand, both through the delivery process, so reassuring you it's going to be there, but also giving you that advice on how to make the most of the product when it actually actually arrives. And, and for one to be that personalized, that's really impressive. Yeah, those special marketing moments throughout the journey that the the over communication is just super important, I think, to help. Um, yeah, you you know where you are with the delivery otherwise you know perhaps you would then contact a customer service team and you know that has other challenges for a business so yeah the, the communication the opportunities to um, email are, are great and you know back to the the point I suppose around um, the ethical side of things and sort of your brand values email gives you that freedom and space to to not only do that but to create these marketing moments um, and then continue to build advocates Exactly, because when you receive one of those sequences, you are so much more likely to leave a positive review. And you're also so much more likely to open that product when it arrives and start using it. You know, because I think it often, often with, with any brand, you want someone to use the product so they get the full experience, so they come back and so they tell other people. And all that good warmth building, marketing moments, activity in that post-purchase sequence can make a huge impact on how likely they are to leave the review, to use it, to buy again, and to to buy others. So, yeah, I, it it befuddles me how few businesses have a post purchase. But I hear I hear a lot of talk these days about browse abandonment, which I guess is as kind of big brother as the world of email gets. Um, but, you know, because it's when someone goes to your website and they abandon that visit, but then you email them afterwards to to let them know. Is that something you see D2C brands doing well as well? Yeah, definitely. Browse abandonment or basket abandonment. Um, We see like a lot of our customers who have built email flows around this, driving um, high revenue um, from the flows, but also per recipient within the flow. Um, In terms of ROI, these are probably one of the the higher flows that you can input. And a flow is is an email series. 
So it's definitely something that will be worth implementing and exploring. And of course, when you've got, if you've got the tech stack in place to enable you to do that, you've also got a lot of great data coming back into your system, your email system, which enables you to do all that segmentation we talked about a while ago. Yes, exactly. Spot on. (laughs) Cool. Um, Well, look, uh, Louise, we are going to pause now for a reminder of our sponsors, and then we're going to talk about the wider world of email marketing. So beyond just the D2C space. It's safe to say that most of us have been doing more shopping online lately. And if you're an e-commerce brand, that means you might be seeing more first-time customers. But once they've made that first purchase, how do you keep them coming back? Well, that's what Klaviyo is for. Klaviyo is the ultimate email and SMS marketing platform for e-commerce brands. It gives you the tools to build your contact list, send memorable emails, automate key messages and more way, way more. Whether you're launching a new business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo can help you get growing faster and it's free to get started. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Okay, Louise, so far we've gone deep into the world of email marketing for D2C brands, but now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole of email marketing. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with email marketing, which of course means it's still relevant for D2C and you can mention D2C, but you don't have to anymore. Um, So Louise, are you ready? I am. Excellent. Let's start with email marketing newbie advice. If we've inspired someone today to take their first step with email marketing, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? So two things here, and we've touched on them uh, lightly before, but sort of storytelling and segmentation. So firstly, story, think about what you want to tell about your brand, what's important to you, um, and think about when and where, like how you're going to share that message. Um, start a really good place to start is actually mapping out your customer journey so if you have a whiteboard then you know you can start to draw that on your whiteboard but actually sticky notes work just as well um and you know think about the communications that uh, individuals should receive throughout that journey and whether you're really truly offering value and providing exciting marketing moments and then um secondly the segmentation so consider first you know are they engaged or are they not engaged Um, Because obviously we don't want to fall into the spamming category. And then, you know, as you you get more sophisticated, think about um, building those cohorts of data based on similar like minded individuals to help you um, drive more relevancy and engagement within those groups. Nice. Okay, so once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimizing. Um, So what's your favorite way to improve email marketing performance? Yeah, I think... um, Content, again, is really important here. I think as marketers, we need to make sure that we're current um, and, you know, considering political, social, economical issues at play, are you being tone deaf or are you actually helping your community? Are you supporting an issue? So you always need to optimize and check your story and check the content and make sure it's just still relevant. Um, but also super simply with uh, with email, thinking about A-B testing. So do you want to make sure that you're more likely to get an open rate by trying new subject lines, um, testing one against the other? Or is it the time of day? Is it the day of week? Is it an imagery or a button? So, you know, trying to do some A-B testing is, is really key here. Excellent. Okay. It's impossible to improve our marketing unless we're monitoring the performance, but the list of stuff we could monitor can be overwhelming. So what for you is the number one email marketing KPI? 
So we touched on earlier, it's a, it's a fine line between engagement spam. So you could look at, um, it's, it's important to look at the engagement metrics. So thinking about the open rates and the click-through rates, but we also need to think about revenue and ROI from email and ultimately considering the lifetime values of customers through that journey. So if I had to nail it down to one, which is more encompassing, it would be the customer lifetime value because it sort of encompasses all those. So if your marketing is hitting the mark, you will see your lifetime value improve. And ultimately that reflects in revenue too. So yeah, lifetime value for me. Uh, that's what I was saying. I'm going to going to kind of stick up for you on this one and say yes, because um, that's what I'm seeing a lot of the cleverer email marketing businesses doing is that they're focused not on each individual email's performance, but they're focused on the impact of their email marketing activity on the lifetime value of their customers and how they can create it. Because I think if you, you know if you try and analyze each campaign and each email, it can give you a very disjointed view of what you're doing, but really it's it's a it's a whole platform thing. So I, I love that. Customer lifetime value it is. Okay, finally, crystal ball time. What is coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for with our email marketing? Without a doubt, and we've touched on this already, is the biggest day for all e-commerce businesses and marketers is Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Um, Yes, it's crazy to think about it, that we need to think about Christmas and the holiday season when it's 30 degrees out. But, um, you know, it's, um, and we've had such a tough start to this year, but we're expecting this uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday to be the biggest one yet. And the reason being is um, because of COVID, we've actually seen some dramatic changes across the e-commerce industry. Um, Consumers who've never bought online are now buying online. Um, and we've basically, in essence, seen the entire e-commerce industry dragged forward um, and matured in some in some cases. Um, so, you know, there's a much larger addressable market online than there ever was before. Um, and with, you know, paired with the fact that there's still kind of limited access to stores and potentially there could be a risk of a second wave and further lockdown. We believe that, you know, this this Black Friday, Cyber Monday will be the biggest one yet, potentially even surpassing next year. Um, so what should businesses be doing? Um, we would suggest that you start building your database. So make sure that you have forms on your website. Um, are you capturing data? Um, have you got the foundations in place, such as a welcome series flow to like welcome the newly acquired people that you're attracting? Um, and also, uh, CPMs and CPAs on social are actually at an all-time low. So use this time to acquire email addresses and, and contacts perhaps over pushing products. Um, we've actually heard from some of our customers that they're spending between $1 and $5 to acquire an email address, whereas the cost of a product acquisition is 5 to $9. So if money's tight, um, use this time to build your database, create that community, nurture them on board. Uh, and by building those relationships, they're more likely to convert uh, and buy later on, and hopefully just in time for Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Excellent. Top advice there. So, um, Louise, we are very nearly at the end of the show. So could you please let the listeners know where they can find out more about you and uh, Clavio, please? Yeah, of course. So I'm sure lots of our community are listening. So thank you guys so much for joining. But for those of you who don't know about Clavio, Clavio is a growth marketing platform that helps more than 38,000 e-commerce brands globally grow their business through high value customer relationships. Email marketing is one of um, Clavio's foundational offerings. And when you leverage personalization driven by a 360 degree view of your customer, 
you'll be able to create memorable marketing moments that cultivate lifelong relationships. So to find out more about Clavio, you can visit our website. Uh, and also on our website, you can set up a free account. And that's clavio.com. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com. Oh, I love it. So, so guys, you can go and try out, you know, if you're, if you've got, um, an email marketing scenario where you're going, oh, I'd love to be able to integrate with my website, or I'd love to be able to track the customer lifetime value, or I'd love just to do email marketing. If you're someone who hasn't yet, I, I have to say, I highly recommend you go and, um, go and have a look at Clavio because it's, it's a super powerful platform. So Louise, thank you so much for being on the Keep Optimizing podcast today, for being so generous, sharing so much information with us all. I hope we've inspired a few more people to give email a go and to take their email marketing up a level. So thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been great. So good to catch up with Louise. And really, it's it's nice to, to get deep into one vertical in the e-commerce space, you know, so talk fashion or gift or D2C. It's really cool to be able to do that and not just, you know, because the rest of the rest of this um of this set of email marketing episodes, we're getting into tactics. But here to be able to talk about how it's working in one vertical, I think is a really nice change of pace. So I hope you've enjoyed that. And I hope you've got a lot out of those ideas around segmentation and storytelling and how it's working well in the D2C space. Because of course, even those of us who aren't running a D2C brand, there's still plenty of opportunity for us to do those exact same uh, tactics. So the segmentation, the storytelling and those elements. And if you're running a D2C brand, i.e. you control the product, the production and all those routes to market, and you're not yet invested in email marketing, I hope we've persuaded you to put it on your your Q3 or maybe your Q4 t- test list to give it a go and see what you could what you can get because I bet you it increases your sales and does so in a profitable manner. And you know, if you've not yet got into your storytelling, whether you're a D2C brand or any e-commerce business, storytelling is one of those areas you really really do need to get a handle on if you want to succeed through the end of 2020 and into 2021 and of course beyond. Now, We covered quite a lot today, so you can get the links to what we discussed, the full transcript of this episode, important notes and more if you head to keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S uh, rather than a Z, of course. And please do. I'd love to know what you think. Did you enjoy the fact that in this episode we've gone for a vertical rather than a specific method of email marketing? I'd like to know what you think about that. The easiest way to do that is via Twitter or Instagram and use the hashtag keepoptimizing. So K-E-E-P-O-P-T-I-M-I-S-I-N-G. Uh, and then I will, I'll pick that up, quite possibly retweet it or share it or like it and comment and all this kind of good thing. So you'll get a bit of social noise from us too. I'd love to know what you think. Now, as part of my mission to help you improve your marketing, I've invited all of our email marketing specialists to join us for a Q&A webinar at the end of the month. This is your chance to get your own questions answered. I know I get to ask lots of questions in the episodes, but you can take all that we discuss in the episodes, give it a go between now and the webinar, or have some questions that it's sprung in your mind from just listening. Bring those along to the webinar and you'll get to ask them of all the email marketing specialists we've had focused, or had to come and join us rather for our lovely focused episodes here on the podcast. So if you want to get registered for that, then head to keepoptimizing.com where you will find out all the details of how to register and when it's happening and all that, that kind of good stuff. I personally am really looking forward to connecting with you during the webinar because it's going to be really great to, to, uh, to get to interact with some of you guys out there listening to the show. 
Thank you again for tuning into this episode of the Keep Optimising podcast. If you are new to the podcast, which given this episode is only number three, there's a pretty good chance that you are, do check out episode two if you haven't already, because it's all about preference centres. And they are a great way to start working out the best ways to segment your customers and to get the data that enables you to do it. Plus, please do tell your fellow marketers about the show because I want to help as many marketers as possible to improve the performance of their marketing. Now, one of the easiest ways to spread the word is to take part in our launch competition. So kudos to you for holding out right to the very end to find out how you can enter our competition to win a Keep Optimising podcast t-shirt because we're giving away a t-shirt every week in July and August. There's quite a few of them up for grabs. To be in with a chance of winning, here's what you need to do. Find the show on Apple Podcasts. Just search Keep Optimising when you're in there. Subscribe, rate and review the show right there on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Essentially, they're one in the same place. Take a screen grab of that review and share it on either Twitter or Instagram with the hashtag Keep Optimising. That's K-E-E-P-O-P-T-I-M-I-S-I-N-G. Um, Now, we're going to gather all the entries up and then each week we're going to pick one winner. That's every Wednesday. We're going to pick one winner until the 2nd of September. Full details about the competition and everything else to do with the show are at keepoptimising.com with an S, not a Z. And I hope I get to send you a T-shirt very soon. Have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimising your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimising at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.